that you overcame so that we can be overcomers. How many know that tonight? Situations in this room can change. Even tonight, during this song, just because he overcame.
Let's lift our hands. Everyone, lift your hands. Come on. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the word of our testimony. We're overcomers. Come on. Everyone stand. Everyone stand. Lift your hands. wonderful time and season for our church involved in so many things and we should be grateful to be a part of the kingdom of God 
and to live in this great land of freedom and liberty and privilege and opportunity and the blessings of Almighty God. Give him praise one more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Amen. Will you open your Bible, please, to Hosea chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, but I'm going to read two short passages, one from the book of Isaiah and one from the book of Joel. Title of my message, God's Trumpet Call to America. I'll read the two verses, first of all, from Isaiah 58 and verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Pastor Gary read these several times over the past few weeks, including this morning. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. And sound an alarm in my holy mountain, that all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Now then, the passage in Hosea chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Set the trumpet to thy mouth. He shall come as an eagle against the house of the Lord, because they have transgressed my covenant and trespassed against my law. Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. Israel hath cast off the thing that is good. The enemy shall pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols, that they may be cut off. Thy calf, O Samaria, hath cast thee off. Mine anger is kindled against them. How long will it be ere they attain to innocency? For from Israel was it also. The workmen made it, therefore it is not God. But the calf of Samaria shall be broken in pieces. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. You may be seated. The Bible reveals that the trumpet was a familiar instrument to communicate to the people. The people knew different sounds from the trumpet. It would be used for assembly, for a solemn assembly, for a joyful assembly, a time to celebrate, a time to petition God and etc. for prayer and worship. So the trumpet would be used at times to assemble the people to hear the reading of God's word, the Old Testament scriptures, and to hear the prophets prophesy 
and tell them what God had revealed to them. And so the alarm would be sounded. Everyone knew to take their place and be prepared for war. The Assyrian Empire were their major enemies, and they would be approaching, and so there would be an alarm sounded. It also would be used to celebrate victories, a time of joyful celebration and thanksgiving for God's mercy. It would be used at times to signal the various tribes to take their position on the march, either in a, an army while attacking the enemy or the wilderness journeys of the 12 tribes. We know that our, our nation is at a very perilous stage. I don't believe there's ever been a time in the history of this country there's so much at stake and so much that we need to pray about and trust God for an answer. We have watched a tidal wave, a tsunami of evil sweep over our land. The transformation has not been good. We fill the world with pornography, with the greatest producers of pornography. We've allowed abortions to snuff out the life of more than 61 million innocent babies. Yes, we have blood on our hands. We've allowed that. Our laws have decreed that. We have watched the removal of the Ten Commandments from the public square and from the schools. We watched as prayer and Bible reading was denied the children in the classroom. We've watched the attack and the war on Christmas and on Easter. We've seen the removal of the cross from places of public display. We have watched as the mention of God and the Bible and Christianity is taboo. In this, not only in the schools, but in many other public places. We ha now have watched as same-sex marriages have been equated on the level of any other, and the Bible definition of marriage has been trampled on. We've watched as drugs and alcohol and sex and perversion and violence and crime and murder and gangs hover over our nation like a dark cloud a sinister cloud about to bring a storm that we will not be able to handle. We've watched as big government has become a God, ruling our very thoughts and the intents of our heart and decreeing morality for us. We've watched as the environment has become more important than character, more important than Christianity, more important than God. We have watched as conservative organizations have been attacked by the government, as the IRS attacked them and penalized them uh, because they were conservative in their outlook and in what they were participating in. My first point is God warns America like he warned Israel. There is a parallel. There's a similarity in the way that God is dealing with America in the way that he dealt with Israel. Jonathan Kahn's book, The Harbinger, on page 19 compares Israel to the United States. And I've, I've never read from a book like this in a sermon before, but I'm going to read this to you from page 19 in The Harbinger. So it's the appointed time for America. 
for a mystery to be revealed and a message to be given to America. Yes, the prophet said. But what does America have to do with ancient Israel? Israel was unique among the nations it, in that it was considered and dedicated at its foundation for the purposes of God. Okay? But there was another, a civilization also conceived and dedicated to the will of God from its conception. America, in fact, those who laid its foundations, the founding fathers? No. Long before the founding fathers, those who laid America's foundations saw it as a new Israel, an Israel of the new world. And was America a new Israel? America is America, and Israel is Israel. The one doesn't replace the other. But America's founders established the new commonwealth after the pattern of the ancient Israel. They dedicated it to God and saw it as a covenant with them. So it was a covenant with God. The scriptures reveal only one nation with which God entered into covenant, Israel. But America was patterned after Israel. Yes, so what does that mean? They believe that if America, listen to this, they believe that if America followed the ways of God, it would become the most blessed, the most prosperous, and the most powerful civilization on earth. From the very beginning, they foretold it. And what they foretold would come true. America would rise to the heights no other nation had ever attained. Not that it was ever without fault or sin, but it would always aspire, one way or another, to fulfill the calling envisioned by its found founders as it, at its inception, which was to be a vessel of redemption, a light to the world. So those words written in the book, The Harbinger, reflect the comparison between the United States and the nation of Israel. God has sent prophets to our nation, just like he sent prophets to Israel. And these prophets have warned America. We've heard their voice. Some of them have stood in this pulpit. Some of them have been in this city. And over and over again, America has been warned. Men like David Wilkerson, Jonathan Kahn, Reinhard Bonnke, Perry Stone, who's not been in this pulpit, hope he will be. John Hagee has not been. John Kilpatrick. These men of God are like a prophetic voice to America. There are others, many others. And there are some who could be pro prophetical in their ministry, but they've chosen a different path. We see the illustration of God's judgments again and again as we read our Bible from cover to cover. It goes all the way to back to the very beginning to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were thrust out of the garden because of disobedience and because they took of the forbidden fruit. And God sent an angel with a flaming sword to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden and they were thrust out and the sentence of death imp was imperiled over them. In Noah's day, in Genesis chapter 6, when the imagination of every man's thoughts were only evil continually. God saw that, and so he decreed that he would destroy the world. 
and he told Noah to build an ark. And build that ark and, he, and bring in the animals, bring in the people that would be willing to join in and be a part of the preservation of the human race. Noah and the eight people that went into the ark is what resulted from that. It was a time of judgment of God. That judgment is still real today. Jesus compared these last days to the days of Noah. Sodom and Gomorrah is another illustration. In Genesis chapter 18 and 19. And Jesus referred to that. And again we are reminded that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were evil continually. And Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom knowing the evil was there. The Bible reveals that he knew that when he took his family down into the plains of Jordan. And so friends I want to tell you something. God knows when we compromise. God understands when we are willingly turning our back on righteousness and holiness and purity and aligning ourselves with an evil society. The destruction of Israel by the Babylonian empires, another illustration. Seventy years of captivity. I don't know what, stand, what is ahead for America, what kind of captivity might be involved. I know what the Bible tells us about Bible prophecy, about the rapture and about the tribulation, and about the battle of Armageddon, and the coming of the Lord following the rapture and the tribulation, and then the second coming, the second advent, when he comes back to set up his kingdom on this earth. I know about that. So we also read in the Bible what Gary has been preaching about, the destruction of Nineveh, and how God sent Jonah. God is sending voices to America today. God does not want to destroy America. God wants to save America. And I think maybe we ought to repeat what Reinhard Bonnke is saying across this land and what he said in this pulpit. America shall be saved. Shout it out. America shall be saved. Modern history is accommodating the rise of the Antichrist and one world government. There are three things that must happen for the Antichrist to rule on the face of the earth. He must con control the currency, the money. And so we know there's a one world currency that is being uh, planned for all of the world, not only for the rest of the world, but for the United States. Secondly, he must control politics. And we see the one world government in, in the United Nations and all that they desire to do to control every nation on the face of the earth. Thirdly, and very important, he must control religion. And there's a plan by many to see that religion is under the domination of this one world government. Christianity is under attack. And so we're not going to find it easy to exist in these last days. We're going to have to have a backbone like a saw log. We're going to have to determine I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be a part of the mark of the beast. I'm not going to take the mark of the beast. I will not worship the Antichrist. I will not compromise. I will stand for Jesus Christ. My second point is we must sound the trumpet. We've been warned. Pastor Gary has been bringing some powerful messages about warning the people. In Isaiah 58 and verse 1, he said, Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression." People don't want a sermon on transgressions. 
and sin and depravity and the need for repentance. And yet that's exactly what God said to do. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression. If I didn't name the sins that I've already named, I would be failing God. I would not be living up to this passage of scripture here that we find in the book of Isaiah 58 verse 1. I read to you from Joel chapter 2, and Pastor Gary read today, blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm. We must not live in fear, but we must be alarmed. To be forewarned is to be forearmed, and we can prepare our heart, our soul, our family, our church, our community, for the days in which we live. I believe God allowed Joseph to be in the Egyptian empire at the right time, just before the famine, in order during the seven years of plenty to store up and to plan ahead to preserve God's people, the nation of Israel and his family, and also to preserve everyone else who would heed his warning. So God is not just interested in our little kingdom, God is interested in the people on the face of this earth. And we need to keep in mind that we have a, a duty to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm. And then the eighth chapter of Hosea in verse one that I read, set the trumpet to thy mouth. Listen to the trumpet, beloved. It's sounding. People tune in something else. They tune out any warning. There's no time for us. We'd rather watch a cartoon. We'd rather watch the news. We'd rather watch anything than a sermon that's an alarm and trying to bring us back to a place of repentance. He said, the people have trespassed my law. People have failed God in violating the Bible. The Bible is the truth. This is God's mandate for us to live by. And we need to walk in the truth. In, in the third verse of Hosea, chapter 8, they have cast off the good thing. How many good things have we allowed to perish in our lifetime? How many good things are no longer being emphasized as evil abounds everywhere? We see the devil spreading evil across the land and people are following. In the fourth verse of Hosea, chapter 8, they made idols of silver and gold. We're a secular society. Our materialistic idols are causing people to follow after wealth and success and money. And that's the theme of the day and the hour. Not holiness, not purity, not repentance, not living the life that God demands that we live. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the world and preached a sermon of repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Paul preached repentance. God wants us to repent and draw nigh to God. In the seventh verse of Hosea chapter 8, they have sown the wind and reaped the whirlwind. When the whirlwind comes, you know tonight as we drove into the parking lot, the stop sign out here at the entrance to our parking lot was going round and round just like this. Not just halfway, but round and round and round making 360 degrees fast too. The wind was violent and a lady came rushing up and said, is there something you can do about that? No, ma'am, there's not a thing I can do about it. <laughs> they cut my head off. 
I said, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's anchored in concrete, so don't worry about it. It'll be all right. It'll straighten out. We've sown to the wind and reaping the whirlwind. And a whirlwind is a dangerous thing. It can tear up more than we can build up and destroy in seconds entire communities, the tornadoes and the hurricane-force winds that sweep through the land and leave a path of destruction. I drove through Joplin, Missouri shortly after the days of the tornado. We have relatives that live there. My wife has a sister that's in a nursing home there and a nephew who works in a hospital there. And so we drove through and saw just acres and acres of devastation. It was sad. I remember going through Mobile and through Mississippi following the hurricane. And we went there to work after hurricanes. And it was sad to see all the devastation. Friends, it's sad to see what the whirlwind does when we sow to the wind. When we allow morality and allow spirituality and our God and country not to be important. Thank God for the emphasis on God and country. Give God a hand. Hallelujah. My third point is, God has sent harbingers to warn America. Harbingers are not new. Thank God Jonathan Kahn was given an inspiration to write the book. And he's called attention to the fact that there are things that are signposts that warn us, that let us know that judgment is coming. The torch on the Statue of Liberty that Pastor Gary mentioned last Sunday that was covered by a parachute as he descended and got tangled and covered the flame on the Statue of Liberty. I remember what Pastor Gary said. This was in August of 2001, just before 9-11. And Pastor Gary was getting ready to leave the, out of the country, preached a sermon, and he's, he mentioned that parachute over the torch. And he said, does this mean that our liberty is about to be extinguished? A direct quote from that sermon. Does this mean that our liberty is about to be extinguished? What has happened since that day? Our liberties, our freedoms have not only been threatened, but many of them have been taken away. Another thing that Pastor Gary mentioned last Sunday, the crack in the Washington Monument just a few months ago. And that, again, is a harbinger, an omen, that the very thing that symbolizes our government and our freedoms and our nation had a crack in it. And the foundation, he, he illustrated that here on the platform very effectively. So God is warning us. The earthquake in August of 2011 caused that earthquake. Jonathan Kahn's book, again, warns us of many harbingers. There are many prophetic voices warning America. Listen, friends, the trumpet is sounding. Pastor Gary mentioned to us this morning about the alignment of the stars last week, Jupiter and Venus, which was an indication, some kind of warning in the heavens. And again, the bald eagle with the crow landing on its back. I watched that video and saw that crow dancing on the back of that bald eagle, the bald eagle representing America, representing our freedom and this great nation. And then that crow representing weird things and evil things 
our, our freedoms are being attacked. Our liberties are being sown to the wind, and we'll reap the whirlwind. Listen to Jeremiah, an ancient prophet, in chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the waves and see, ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. The next verse, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. In these verses, ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way. I've set watchmen, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. And they said, we will not hearken, we will not obey. That's the attitude of our world that we're living in. God sent Ezekiel and set him as a watchman in chapter 33, the first seven verses. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, when I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. I'm telling you, if you don't listen to the prophetic warnings, that have been issued over the recent months and days and years, your blood will be on your own hand. The blood of your children will be required of you. And so we're warned, your blood shall be upon his own head. Verse 5, he heard the sound of the trumpet, took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he, take, he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. If we take the warning and pray and repent and seek God and draw after God, God will not require the blood of the people at our hands. If we don't warn you, God will require your blood at my hands. And those of us who preach the gospel, God will require the blood of the people at our hands. I don't want your blood on my hands. I want your salvation. I want you to be saved. If there are people in this room tonight that are not ready to meet God, I hope that you're under conviction and I hope that you realize you didn't just stumble in here by accident. God brought you here tonight to reckon with you about your soul and to help you get ready to meet God. America, listen to the trumpet sound. America, the trumpet is sounding. Jacksonville, Evangel Temple, the trumpet is sounding. Balaam was hired by King Balak to curse Israel. The wicked leaders of our day and time seek to bring a curse on the United States of America. That's true. Balaam could not curse Israel. And no matter what the false prophets of our day say, they will not be able to bring the curse upon us if we resist. Balaam was made to speak a blessing. The curse came on Balaam because he even went to, with Balak to curse the people. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 31, he caused Israel to sin. And then in Joshua chapter 13 and verse 22, Israel killed Balaam. So he suffered for his false prophecy. He suffered for being willing to prophesy against Israel. 
I'm telling you tonight, those who are trying to destroy Israel, those who are trying to destroy America, will bring the judgment upon themselves. Here it is in Numbers chapter 24. And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not, as at other times, to seek for enchantments, but he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel abiding in his tents, according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, hath said, and the man whose eyes are open hath said, he hath said, which heard the words of God and saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance and having his eyes open. How goodly are thy tents. Listen to this. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel, as the valleys are they spread forth, as gardens by the riverside, as trees of lying aloes, which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies. He shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. He coucheth, he layeth down as a lion and as a great lion. And who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. Those words that Balaam spoke over Israel when King Balak was indignant and angry about the whole situation are real. God blessed the nation of Israel. And God is blessing America in spite of the curses that are being spoken against us. America is negotiating with Iran today. Iran has said that America is a great Satan. Israel is a small Satan. Iran's leaders have said death to America, death to Israel. How can we negotiate with somebody that curses us and curses Israel? How can we negotiate with God's enemies? I don't want the curse of Balaam on my life. And so I'm saying any deal is a bad deal. And we need to pray that our leaders will not make the mistake that Balaam made even going up on the mountain and saying, prepare the altars and the sacrifices. We need to break off the negotiations and come home and, and say to America, let's live our life and defend the nation of Israel as our friend, our greatest friend on the face of, friend on the, face of the earth. Balaam's curse will become a blessing. God is going to save America if America repents and if America seeks the Lord. He lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes and the Spirit of God came upon him. I believe the Spirit of God has come upon these prophetic voices. I believe God is talking to us by the Holy Ghost. We need to heed the warnings of God. It's not a simple matter. It's a very serious matter that we need to concern ourselves with. I leave you with these words that God spoke to the people when Noah built the ark. Come into the ark. Come into the ark. 
Don't be left behind when the rapture takes place. Don't serve other gods and be at risk of the judgment of God. Finally, surrender to Jesus. You came here tonight for some reason. Maybe you were invited. Maybe your conscience just told you to be here. But God has brought you here to deal with anything that would keep you out of the rapture. I don't want you to be left behind. I don't want you to go through the tribulation. I don't want you to have to deal with the mark of the beast and the rise of the Antichrist. I want you to be part of those who are caught up to meet the Lord in the air and go to be with the Lord. And we want to be with him when he comes back seven years later to defeat the Antichrist for the battle of Armageddon. We want to be here when he sets up his millennial kingdom for a thousand years of peace. And he shall reign. Our God reigns. And he shall reign. He is not going to be defeated. We're on the winning side. Will you bow your head, please? Just before I pray, I firmly believe someone needs to get it right with God tonight. Will you raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I need to be saved. I need to know that I'm saved. Please pray for me. Raise your hand anywhere in the building. Slip it right up and down, right up and down. You don't need to hold it up long. Just raise your hand to indicate that you're not right with God, but you would appreciate our prayers. We will pray for you. I won't ever understand, and I'm going to give an unusual altar call tonight. I believe we need to pray for America. I believe that we need people in an old-fashioned prayer meeting at the altar seeking God for his mercy in these troublesome times in which we live. These are real. God's word is true. And so the best thing we can do is get down here on our face, intercede to God in behalf of our nation, our families, our own life. Would you just join right now? Move forward as the praise and worship team comes. I want you just to move forward. Find a place to get down on your knees if you can or sit near the front and let's pray. We need a great prayer meeting. Pastor's coming back in a few minutes, but I want everybody here tonight to seek the Lord with all your heart. Father, we listen to your voice. We know that you heard the cry of the prophets as they spoke the word. And so tonight we join our voice with theirs. And we sound an alarm. We blow the trumpet. We lift up our voice to show the people the sin of the day and the hour in which we live. We repent, Lord, and we seek God with all our heart. Have mercy on America. God, have mercy on America. Have mercy on our families, on our community over Jacksonville. Lord, we pray against terrorism. We pray against ISIS. We pray about the leaders of that evil terrorist organization. We pray that you will remove them. Lord, we pray about the evil in our own community, the gangs, their leaders, the violent people who carry guns and are taking lives. Almost on a daily basis, several people die. And so we pray to God for mercy. God, have mercy on Jacksonville. We pray for the revival to break out. Right here at Evangel Temple, let the fire of God fall. In the name of Jesus, folk pray, intercede, Seek God. Let the Lord have his way.
Daniel, when the hand of God and the finger of God wrote on the wall a message to Belshazzar, he looked all over the kingdom for someone that could read the writing on the wall. He could find no one. Finally, it was Daniel who walked in there and he read the writing on the wall and he said, Belshazzar, this message is to you. Your life has been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanted. Listen, America is being weighed in the balances. Our nation is being found wanted before God. And I believe that God is asking of a generation, is there a Daniel in this generation that's bold enough to go read the writing on the wall and say, look, Jesus is coming back. The signs are everywhere. The writing is on the wall. Will you listen? God is looking for a Daniel to read what is tough to say. It takes a backbone. It takes courage. It takes a boldness to come over you to read the writing on the wall to a nation. Are you willing to be a Daniel? 
I want you to join hands all across the sanctuary. And come on, I want to pray a boldness right now to come over our lives that we can read a message to America that we've been found wanted. God wants a message to reverberate from around this world and in this nation that Jesus is coming back. Come on, a crow landed on an eagle's back. Will we look at the writing on the wall? Come on, I want you to begin to declare over your nation right now. Come on, pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare tonight at Evangel Temple, there is a spirit of Daniel in the room. God, that we will stand and we will read the writing on the wall to a generation. Jesus, that the signs, the wonders, the writing in the skies. Lord, you're saying something. You're saying what time it is. And Lord, I pray just as Daniel told a generation what time it was in his day. Help us too to tell America, to, to, uh, to tell our world what time it is. Lord, anoint us, oh God. God, give us courage. Give us boldness, oh God. You didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of a sound mind, Lord, that we would preach Jesus. We would preach, thus saith the Lord. Help us, oh God, I pray, to be emboldened, oh God, as your finger now in this generation is inscribing signs and wonders all in the skies, all around us. Help us, oh God, to tell our world what's happening, oh God, in Jesus' name. We thank you, oh God. And Lord, we pray for America. Come on, just begin to intercede for our nation. Jesus, we pray for America. God, wake our nation up. God, wake our nation up. Lord, I pray from the Supreme Court, God, to the White House. Lord, I pray to the Capitol building. Lord, I pray in the churches. God, I pray in the schools. Lord, I pray in the cities, oh God. We repent, oh God, for the abortions. God, we repent for the compromises. Lord, we repent, God. Lord, as Christians, for not standing, oh God. I pray, God, that you would forgive this land. God, I pray that you would hear from heaven. And God, heal. God, move across this nation. We speak and proclaim as Reinhard Bonnke did, that it is probable and it is possible that America shall be saved. We declare it, oh God, that America will be saved in Jesus' name. God, I pray that right now in Jesus' name that you move in America. God, move in the churches. Come on, just put your hands together in agreement tonight. Jesus, this church agrees, oh God. It agrees, oh God. See the hearts of your people, oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, sing it one more time, worship team. Come on, let's declare right now. Come on, God reigns over America tonight. God reigns over America. Jesus deserves our worship tonight. Lord, we worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, God, tonight. Thank you, Lord. You know, before we dismiss, I want to challenge you. 
that I believe a word has been spoken to this church today. And too much has been given, much is required. And this church has been given a lot of word, a lot of, a, a lot of challenge to go into our streets, to go into our work, to go wherever it is that we have influence. And let's let our world know Jesus is coming back. Amen. Don't only live like you're ready, but let's help the rest of the world be ready. There's moms and dads, brothers and sisters, friends at school, co-workers. They're not right. They're not ready to meet Jesus. And I want to see a world saved. I want to see sons and daughters come home. So let's go out of this place and what happens in the church tonight, let it happen in the streets of Jacksonville tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, go with us. Lord, anoint us as we carry the light into the city of Jacksonville. As we hold on the rope for our nation. God, as we stand on the foundation of the cornerstone of our God and we claim the word of God that we will be a man that practices, Lord Jesus, the good things and build on a solid foundation that when the rain comes down and the floodwaters rise and the wind blows, that we will stand on the firm foundation of God's word. I pray, God, that you help us, O oh Lord, to be light bearers in our community. Jesus, bless us as we leave this place to be world changers in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, don't forget this week, all the prayer meetings. God bless you as you leave. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus tonight as we leave.